Summer means school's out and kids are back at home with a lot of free time. You've already booked the sleepaway camp and the outdoor camp, but what are they doing for the other 10 weeks? Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid and any interest. There are many days during the summer when my 8-year-old has to come to work with me, and it's so hard to keep her entertained and get work done. Without school, instead of her vegging out on her tablet, she can learn something new and have fun at the same time. She can take out school's freestyle dancing class while I get work done. And there's zero mom guilt because she's doing something fun while also exercising her brain. There are a wide variety of classes available, as well as different styles of learning, like live online classes and one-on-one tutoring, so kids can choose how they want to learn. OutSchool will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to OutSchool.com Murderish and use code Murderish to learn all about OutSchool's summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Murderish to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Murderish, code Murderish. I have to put you on to Armoire, the convenient solution to effortless, fresh, and stylish dressing. With an Armoire membership, you can curate the perfect wardrobe with high-quality, unique brands tailored specifically to your taste. Simply take a five-minute style quiz, select items from your personalized closet, then your chosen styles arrive at your doorstep in as little as two days. When it's time for a wardrobe refresh, just swap out your current pieces for new-to-you styles. I go from professional to the carpool pickup line, so I need a diverse wardrobe. With Armoire, I always have something fresh and on-trend for any occasion, without the clutter. I recently edited my wardrobe to staple pieces only because Armoire allows me to add new pieces monthly and return them just in time for me to do it all over again. And by renting, rather than constantly buying new clothes, I'm contributing to sustainability. Armoire is currently helping me through my chic era with all the high fashion and edgy options that I am loving. And the empowering aspect of supporting a women-founded and women-led business is so cool. With their personalized styling suggestions and diverse designer offerings, Armoire has helped me define and refine my personal style, even as trends evolve and my body changes. Whether it's a date night, a professional event, a formal affair, or just a trip to the grocery store, Armoire ensures that I am always dressed to impress effortlessly. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash murderish. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash murderish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect those of the Murderish podcast. Sensitive topics are discussed. Listener discretion is advised. This episode makes mention of an animal harm incident, although no significant details are given. Listener discretion is advised. There's a reason we count envy among the seven deadly sins. Envy, the desire to have what others possess, can be an all-consuming force driving an otherwise sane person to do the unthinkable. The spirit of envy, said Margaret Thatcher, can destroy, it can never build.
It was envy that destroyed one loving family from within, ending in deadly consequences. At 61 years old, Wendy DeRodio's life was just getting started. An accomplished author, therapist, and dance instructor, she was ready to excel in the only part of life where success had escaped her. Love. She'd begun dating a handsome younger man. There was even talk of marriage. She'd recently published a book and was closing escrow on a home near the beach outside of Santa Barbara, California. Wendy loved people, and they loved her back. So when Wendy was stabbed to death in 2009, the community was shocked and confused. People came in from across the country to attend her funeral, and they wondered who in the world would have wanted to hurt Wendy. Little did they know, the killer stood among them. The killer's motive? Envy. This is Jamie, and you're listening to Murderish. Join me as I walk you through the case involving Wendy DeRodeo. A coastal city about an hour north of Los Angeles, Ventura, California gets its name from the mission established there in 1782 by Father Junipero Serra, San Buenaventura, Spanish for good fortune. The county seat of Ventura County, Ventura is a classic California beach town, complete with palm tree-lined streets, surf shops, and a pier jutting out into the Pacific Ocean. Ventura's historic boardwalk is a magnet for tourists, street musicians, artists, and vagrants. And it's there, along the city's bar-filled downtown, where most of the city's crime occurs. Home to the U.S. Naval Base and the headquarters of outdoor outfitter Patagonia, Ventura is a mix of sailors and surfers, of immigrant farm workers and retirees, of meth addicts and tech millionaires. Wendy DeRodeo's parents, Florence and David Silver, made their home in a tranquil part of town, away from the boardwalk known as the Keys. It's a collection of waterfront homes near Ventura Harbor, where thousands of boats sit docked every day, and the loudest sounds are waves crashing against the docks, and the occasional sea lion grunt. The Keys Homeowners Association website features a tide table, community barbecue dates, and a number to call for removal of storm-downed palm fronds. Wendy had come to stay with her elderly parents a few years earlier to help care for her father, who suffered from Alzheimer's disease and was experiencing a steep decline. Relatives regularly visited the Sailor Avenue home to visit Florence, the family's wise and caring matriarch, or to spend time with the effervescent Wendy. It was inside that Oceanside residence on the afternoon of June 3, 2009, that 83-year-old Florence Silver made a shocking discovery. Her beloved daughter, Wendy, stabbed to death in bed. Wendy Jo DeRodeo was born on June 1, 1948, in a small town in Connecticut, the youngest daughter of Florence and David Silver. Florence was a teacher and later a counselor, David a successful attorney. The couple provided a good middle-class upbringing for their three daughters, Edie, Rocky, and Wendy, raising them to be studious, hardworking, and slightly competitive with one another. Florence, who joined the women's rights movement in the 1960s, taught her girls to be self-sufficient, that they didn't need a man to achieve their dreams. Wendy took that advice to heart. Unlike her sisters, she wasn't so quick to settle into the traditional 9-to-5 job and raising a family. Instead, she decided to travel, pursuing her passion for music, food, and most of all, dance. While her sisters and cousins navigated the struggles of everyday life, Wendy seemed to always beam with positivity, her head squarely in the clouds. Her sister Edie said, Wendy was the effusive voice of a new adventure and continual enlightenment in their dysfunctional family. She spoke four languages and was learning Portuguese ahead of a trip to Brazil shortly before her death. Smart and vivacious, the brunette with a stunning smile earned a PhD in psychology and started her own couples therapy practice. Later, she authored two books, one about the joy of raising pets and the other about finding love, 
which, ironically, she herself struggled to do. Friend and fellow dancer Rick Harmon of Santa Barbara told NBC's Dateline, I know she would talk about going out with this guy or that guy, and it never seemed to work. She always wondered why. Wendy's friends nicknamed her Tree because of her deep affection for the outdoors. She loved animals, adopting two terriers, Inky and Mimi, the inspirations for her book. A pioneer in social networking, Wendy, in the 1990s, started a website called Tree's Living Room to serve as a support group for people like herself who suffered with severe hives, a rare skin condition. The bonds she formed in that group went far beyond cursory internet acquaintances. According to Colleen Kaysen of the Ventura County Star, in 2002, Wendy embarked on a nationwide tour to see every branch of Tree's Living Room in the United States. Among those she visited were Anne Usella and her daughter, Sarah. Born 40 years apart, Wendy and Sarah became fast friends. Sarah told the star about Wendy. She was the person I could go to for everything and anything. Wendy DeRodeo's biggest passion was dance. She owned and taught at the Wendy Joe Silver Dance Studio on Main Street in Ventura for several years in the mid-80s. At the time of her death, Wendy was an avid swing dancer, teaching classes at a recreation center in Santa Barbara, just 30 minutes from her parents' home, and spending nights dancing at clubs across the region. Dance partner Rick Harmon told the Los Angeles Times about Wendy. She loved to laugh. Her passion for dance meant that Wendy was constantly making new friends, men and women. She was also a mentor, role model, and even a substitute parent for some of the young women in her own family. Though she had no children of her own, Wendy was like a mother to her niece, Suzanne Prescott. Suzanne told the Ventura County Star, When I was very young and my parents went through a years-long tumultuous divorce, Wendy was the only person there to listen and protect me. She didn't have a daughter, but she took me under her wing and gave me a safe haven when I was suffering. In the spring of 2009, friends said Wendy's life was on the up cycle after enduring a difficult divorce and having to move in with her elderly parents several years earlier. That arrangement was about to change. Wendy had purchased a home in nearby Goleta, closer to her swing dance friends in Santa Barbara, a deal made possible by the generosity of her mother, Florence. She had a new boyfriend, a man from the Southern Hemisphere, who her friends dubbed Mr. Brazil. Wendy had just celebrated her 61st birthday, and life was good. But not everyone in the family appreciated Wendy's good fortune. In fact, one had grown to resent it. And what began as a mild case of envy would soon bubble up into a motive for murder. On the morning of June 3, 2009, Florence Silver awoke to find that her daughter had not emerged from her first-floor bedroom, where she'd said goodnight to her the evening before. While it wasn't unusual for Wendy to sleep in, by the time the afternoon arrived, Florence grew increasingly suspicious of her daughter's whereabouts. She went to check on Wendy, but was surprised to find her bedroom door locked. When Wendy didn't respond to her shouts, Florence fetched a spare key and used it to open the door to her daughter's bedroom. Behind it lay a parent's worst nightmare. Lying half-naked in bed, covered in blood, was Wendy DeRodeo, the light of their family extinguished. Detectives with the Ventura Police Department arrived at the Silver's two-story beach house on Sailor Avenue shortly after the grim discovery. It was clear that Wendy DeRodeo had been killed in cold blood, stabbed multiple times in her head and neck. Her beloved dog Mimi had been stabbed in the throat as well. A check of the Silver's home and Wendy's bedroom produced no evidence of forced entry or theft which suggested to law enforcement that Wendy's killer was no stranger. An autopsy would later find no signs of rape and no sign of a struggle, suggesting Wendy had been stabbed in her sleep. The evidence, Ventura Police Chief Ken Corney told the public, pointed to a crime of passion. But who would have wanted to kill Wendy, everyone's favorite wanderlust? 
Florence told investigators she'd fallen asleep around 9 the night before, placing the time of attack between 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. when Florence awoke to brew her morning coffee. Wendy had not mentioned anything about expecting visitors, and Florence said her daughter seemed fine when she wished her good night. Neighbors didn't provide much help either, telling police they'd neither seen nor heard anything suspicious beyond a little more barking than usual from Wendy's two dogs, Mimi and Inky. Adding to the mystery, the murder happened within two weeks of another high-profile Ventura slaying that made national headlines. In May of 2009, Brock and Davina Husted were killed in their Faria Beach home by a man in a motorcycle helmet. After entering the home with a gun, the killer had lost control of the weapon, resorting to killing Brock and Davina with a knife, while their children cowered behind a closed door just a few feet away. Police and the community feared they had a serial killer on their hands. Circumstances got even stranger when investigators learned the Husteds owned a second home just a few blocks away from the Silvers where they kept their boat. Ultimately, the only connection between the cases turned out to be geography and timing. When an arrest was made in the Husted case in 2010 of a man who had no connection to Wendy, investigators figured they were left with two options, someone Wendy met through dancing or dating, or someone in her inner circle. As Captain Ross Bonfiglio of the Ventura County Sheriff's Office told NBC's Dateline, Detectives did find leads in Wendy DeRodeo's personal and professional life. In the 1990s, while working as a therapist, she'd been forced to take out a restraining order against a former patient who started stalking her. That suspect, however, was quickly investigated and ruled out. Then there was the possibility of it being a former dance partner or possibly a jealous ex-girlfriend whose boyfriend had caught Wendy's eye. Wendy's friend, Sylvia Sykes, told Dateline she was a very attractive woman. She was very smart, so she probably was very attractive to some men and also pretty scary to a lot of others. Wendy, attractive and fit at age 61, had a penchant for dating younger men. She especially had a thing for Brazilians, even going so far as to sign up for a website to meet them, livemocha.com. Ventura police almost immediately went looking for a younger Brazilian man whom Wendy had dated in the months prior to her death. Her friends called him Mr. Brazil. He'd worked as a caregiver to Wendy's parents and had intimate knowledge of the Silver home. Also of interest to detectives was the fact that Mr. Brazil and Wendy had split up just weeks before her murder, and sources say he'd been trying to patch things up. But ultimately, he too was ruled out as a suspect. As the months dragged on without an arrest, some of Wendy's family and friends wondered if her killer would ever be caught. Behind the scenes, though, detectives had their eyes trained on a new suspect, one that nobody saw coming, but one that Ventura Police Department was uniquely familiar with. She was the wife of one of their own. One out of every six couples struggle with fertility issues. It's a staggering statistic. These issues make for a lot of trips to the doctor. But what if you could get important fertility insight without leaving your house? Modern fertility is a simple and cost-effective way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Then just mail it off using the prepaid label. And within 10 days, you'll have your results. The results are in-depth and very insightful. You'll understand your hormone levels, how many eggs you have compared to other women, and other very important fertility factors. Modern fertility allows you to plan ahead for parenthood, but in a much more convenient and affordable way than traditional methods, which can cost over $1,000. Modern fertility is a fraction of traditional pricing. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash murderish, you'll get $20 off your test. If you want kids now or in the future, clinically sound information about your body can help you make the decision that's right for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash murderish. 
That means your test will cost $179 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash murderish. Modernfertility.com slash murderish. My husband is on to me. He knows now that anytime I mysteriously disappear, I'm probably getting a little me time in while playing Best Fiends. I've been playing for quite a while now, and I recently surpassed level 1800. The game has me hooked, and I think the reason I love it so much is because it's really easy to play a few levels when I have time, and then pick up where I left off any time. I don't have to play Best Fiends for hours at a time. I usually play it in between TV commercials, and sometimes for a few minutes before I get out of bed in the morning, as a quick brain exercise. Best Fiends is the best mobile puzzle game out there, and it's free to download. There are a ton of really fun levels, with new adventures and challenges being added constantly. Trust me, they keep it fresh and new, which is also what keeps me coming back to play. The unique fiends you can collect in the game are adorable, and it's fun being able to customize my team of fiends in order to defeat the slugs. And your fiends are always changing as they power up and get stronger in new levels, which makes the game really fun. And don't worry, you can play in offline mode so you'll never be unable to play your new favorite mobile puzzle game. Download your new favorite getaway, Best Fiends, for free today on the App Store or Google Play. You'll even get $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level 5. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Acorn TV is going to become your new favorite streaming service. Here's why. Their exclusive premieres and original content are not like anything else you've watched on TV. Their hundreds of exclusive shows from around the world are so uniquely written and visually striking, you'll be enthralled from the moment you start binging. Acorn TV is the largest British streaming service, and their award-winning mysteries, dramas, comedies, and history shows will have you laughing, crying, and hanging on the edge of your seat. Acorn TV show Aftertaste Season 1 features a volatile chef with one last chance in a high-end restaurant, but the opening night is an absolute disaster, and the resulting social media tsunami lands the chef back in with the dysfunctional family he left behind 30 years ago. Surprisingly, an unlikely member of his family takes an interest in the chef, and together, they work to bring the chef back to relevance. Aftertaste has gotten a bunch of great press, and when you watch it, you'll know exactly why. At a price of just $6.99 a month, Acorn TV is a great deal. For original shows from Britain and beyond, Acorn TV has them all. You're going to love it like I do. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and using my promo code MURDERISH, but you have to enter the code in all lowercase letters. That's A-C-O-R-N promo code MURDERISH to get your first 30 days for free. Acorn.tv code MURDERISH. Is your ex still using your Netflix account? One woman found this out after she downloaded Truebill, which finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions with a simple tap. The Truebill app helps you get rid of subscriptions you probably forgot about, and it saved people up to $720 per year on average. I could fill my SUV up with gas almost eight times with that amount of savings. Even though companies make it hard to cancel subscriptions, Truebill flips the script and makes it really simple. Once you link your accounts, Truebill will cancel unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge will be there when you need them to cancel subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill helped me save over $400 this year, and I was shocked to see the handful of subscriptions I'd been paying for that I simply forgot about. I love Truebill for the money that's going back into my pocket, and you will too. Over 2 million people use Truebill, and the app has helped them save over $100 million. Like Jeb D., who said he saved at least $1,000, and he mentioned how the Truebill team did all the work. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com murderish. Go right now, Truebill.com murderish. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com murderish. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Law enforcement's new primary suspect, Gina Francesca Drake, was born on Halloween 1966. The daughter of Wendy's sister, Rocky, Gina was said to be her mother's favorite. From the time she was a child, Gina was coddled by her mother, even at the expense of Rocky's other daughter, Suzanne. Suzanne Prescott, who was very close to her Aunt Wendy, later told the press that her sister Gina was never told no, never taught to work for what she wanted, and didn't know what it meant to feel pain. In the 1990s, Gina married Aaron Drake, a rough-and-tumble local who would go on to join the Ventura PD. The couple gave birth to two daughters, Hannah, and a special needs child who died before her 17th birthday. For Gina, the pain of losing her daughter led to deep depression. Suzanne Prescott said her sister was prone to violent mood swings and irrational, reckless outbursts. The Drakes were struggling financially, and Gina's marriage with Aaron was on the rocks. Still, her grandmother Florence and her mother Rocky were constantly coming to the rescue, according to her sister Suzanne. In return, Gina sometimes stayed at her grandparents' home in Ventura Keys and served as a caregiver, waiting on them hand and foot. Florence returned the favor by helping take care of Gina and her mother Rocky financially. So when Wendy announced that she was moving back home, Gina was less than enthused. Her anger only worsened when Florence told her she would have to move some of her things to make room for Wendy's. Before long, Gina, Aaron, and Wendy were at each other's throats. Wendy spoke up to the rest of the family, saying that she was concerned about the care that Gina and Aaron were providing Florence and David. One day, the trio got into a fight after Aaron refused to let Wendy give her father a particular medication. At one point in the dispute, Aaron was said to have put his hands inside David Silver's mouth to prevent him from taking the pills. Gina, meanwhile, accused her Aunt Wendy of trying to kill her father by leaving him outside, hoping he would succumb to dehydration. The ongoing battle came to a head in 2009, when Gina learned that Florence was going to help Wendy buy a home near Santa Barbara. Suzanne said the news enraged her sister, who felt like she was the one deserving of a home, not Wendy. Suzanne spoke with the Ventura Breeze about Gina, saying, she could never stand for anyone to have more than she did, and she was concerned that our grandmother was helping Wendy buy a house. While police believed that Gina might have had a motive to kill her Aunt Wendy, they had little else to go on. Gina had no prior criminal record and acted genuinely upset at the time of her aunt's death. She even spoke at Wendy's funeral, reading aloud from a poem penned by her daughter, Hannah, who was too broken up by the loss of her aunt to read it herself. 17 months passed without an arrest. That's when police got an unexpected break in the case. Gina, who was abusing prescription drugs, attempted suicide on November 10, 2010, at her family's home in Ventura. She'd taken a combination of Vicodin and Xanax. The 43-year-old was taken by ambulance to the Community Memorial Hospital in Ventura, where she was placed on a temporary psychiatric hold. Gina was interviewed from her hospital bed by Detective Sarah Starr of the Ventura PD about her suicide attempt. At one point, Gina suddenly opened up about the death of her Aunt Wendy one year prior, making several stunning revelations to the officer. Gina told Detective Starr that on the night of June 2nd, 2009, she was taking Ambien to help her sleep and Cymbalta to manage her depression. Sometime after 10 p.m., she packed a pair of pajamas, grabbed a small fishing knife from her husband's jeans, took his keys quietly off the dresser, and drove his Ford Escape to see her Aunt Wendy in the keys. While never directly admitting to the crime, 
Gina told Detective Starr about hearing her aunt call out, I have the money, and seeing stab wounds on her neck and large amounts of blood. Her recollection was consistent with autopsy details, which indicated that Wendy was stabbed several times in the head and neck. Detective Starr later testified that Gina told her the encounter was surrealistic, and of her aunt's body, she said, it went limp. Following her stunning comments to the officer, Gina Drake became Ventura PD's prime suspect. Investigators spent the following year and a half gathering evidence to make their case against the officer's wife, tapping her phone, and even making secret recordings with the help of Aaron Drake, who filed for divorce from Gina shortly after Wendy's murder in 2009. On May 25, 2012, nearly three years to the day of Wendy DeRodeo's brutal murder, her niece, Gina Drake, was arrested without incident on the Somis tree farm where she worked. Her arrest made headlines across the country. Less than two months later, Gina was freed on a million dollars bond as she awaited trial. At a preliminary hearing in July of 2014, investigators laid out their case against Gina Drake, with officers testifying about how she had snuck out of her Ventura home so as to not awaken her then-husband and arrived at Wendy DeRodeo's parents' home, armed with a fishing knife. Aaron Drake, Gina's ex-husband, testified that when he woke up the next day, the knife he'd received from the North American Fishing Club was gone. His Ford Escape was in a different place from where he left it the night before, and some of the controls had been changed. In addition, prosecutors filed into evidence a carjack handle taken from the scene that matched the description of a tool that was missing from Aaron's vehicle. When the hearing ended, Judge Bruce Young ruled there was enough evidence to bound Gina Drake over for trial on the charge of first-degree murder. Little did Wendy's friends and family know, final judgment in the case would not come for another four painful years, nor could they foresee the event that would put the prosecution's seemingly ironclad case in jeopardy. Just months before Gina Drake was to stand trial in the death of her Aunt Wendy, a shocking turn of events would rock the family, and the case itself to its core. Around 1.30 p.m. on July 28, 2017, a shot rang out inside the locker room of Ventura Police Department headquarters. Officers rushing toward the sound found Officer Aaron Drake, ex-husband of Gina Drake, shot once in the face. Drake, 45 years old, had attempted to take his own life using his service revolver. A 17-year veteran of the Ventura Police Department, Drake had only recently returned to patrol after spending a year on desk duty. Aaron Drake's life had been turned upside down following the murder of Wendy DeRodeo and the subsequent arrest of his wife on suspicion of committing the crime. He suffered from depression and told friends he was anxious for the trial to begin. Aaron was to be the prosecution's star witness, providing insight into Gina's state of mind at the time of the homicide and her disdain for her Aunt Wendy. Miraculously, thanks to the quick response of his fellow officers and the work of medical professionals at Ventura County Medical Center, Aaron Drake survived his suicide attempt. The murder case against Gina Drake, however, would not. Within days of the locker room incident, Gina Drake's legal team, led by high-profile Ventura County defense attorney Mark Pakowicz, filed a motion to delay the trial, saying they needed more time to look into what happened at the police station and to examine Aaron Drake's police records. Pakowicz was a former Ventura County deputy DA who knew how to work the system to his client's advantage. Aware that Florence Silver, another key witness, was in deteriorating health, he used every opportunity to delay the proceedings, filing motion after motion, challenging every piece of evidence and every witness. The media would soon learn a shocking detail. Aaron Drake had left behind a suicide note, and its contents, never made public, were apparently enough to call into question his reliability as a witness. The defense later stated in a court filing that in the note, 
Drake admitted to conduct potentially criminal in nature. Though Ventura PD said it worked quickly to distance Aaron Drake from the murder investigation as soon as Gina became their primary suspect, Pakowicz had made Drake's involvement in the case an issue from the very start of proceedings, arguing that the officer had used his position to point investigators in his ex-wife's direction and then entrap her. Gina Drake's attorney stated in court filings that her ex-husband wore a wire and provided statements to investigators. They later supported a motion filed by prosecutors in November of 2017 to look into the former officer's file. The delay delivered a gut punch to the family and friends of Wendy DeRodio, who'd already endured the glacial speed of the case for nearly a decade. As Wendy's sister Edie would later tell Judge Gilbert Romero at sentencing, the delays put the once close-knit family through a nine-year path of hell. At points during the pretrial proceedings, Gina Drake's supporters outnumbered those in the corner of Wendy DeRodeo. Wendy's sister explained it to the Santa Barbara News Press by saying, knowing ahead of time not only that no progress would be made, but also that another of the maddening, interminable defense-requested continuations would be granted. Why would we attend these hearings? Edie said things in the family had become far more complicated than you could be expected to know in the years since Wendy's death. While most of the family stopped all communication with Gina and her mother, Rocky, while Gina was out on bail, Edie could not, as she and Rocky split care of Florence Silver, now in her 90s. Forced to be in the same room as the person accused of killing her sister, Edie endured for the sake of her mother, who continued to support Gina and Rocky financially. Matters grew even more difficult and complicated in the months leading up to trial, as Florence Silver showed up to court with Gina and Rocky. Behind the scenes, the prosecution told family members the optics of the victim's mother arriving at court with the defendant would not aid in making their case to the jury. Florence was a loving woman who refused to see bad in people, including her own daughter's suspected killer. She was also in the middle of a complex situation, being that the person going on trial for her daughter's murder was her own granddaughter. Shopify is a tool that just about every business can benefit from using. Shopify reinvents tools of growth for millions of businesses, helping them succeed every day. Any business from upstarts to startups to established businesses can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and stay informed on key business insights. There are endless possibilities when it comes to scaling your business. And Shopify helps entrepreneurs in their growth journey with everything from providing detailed reporting of conversion rates to profit margin reports and so much more. Shopify is more than a store. It's a tool that grows with you and allows you to reach customers online and across socials with a growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and more. Shopify helps you connect with customers, drive sales, and manage your day-to-day. And of course, it allows you to accept all major payment methods so you can sit back and enjoy that cha-ching sound every time you make a sale. Go to shopify.com slash murderish, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash murderish right now. Shopify.com slash murderish. As a murderish listener, you know the world can sometimes be a scary place, but no matter what happens out there, home should be the safest place there is for you and your family. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe is advanced whole home security that puts you, your home, and your family's safety first. Here's why I love it Simply Safe is so easy to install, you can do it yourself in under an hour. I also love that the security equipment isn't bulky like old school security you see sometimes. Simply Safe is sleek and modern and keeps your home secure so you can rest easier at night. With Simply Safe's 24/7 professional monitoring, their agents will take action the moment a threat is detected. Whether you need police or first responders, they are on it, whether you're home or not. 
Security monitoring with SimpliSafe costs just a dollar a day, and you don't have to lock yourself up in a lengthy contract. With SimpliSafe, I can keep an eye on our driveway and have peace of mind knowing my family is better protected. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash murderish. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash murderish. I've been staying really busy managing two podcasts, motherhood and adulting in general. After a long day, it's hard to get motivated to cook dinner. Then, of course, it's very easy to order out and indulge on an expensive meal that's not doing anything to promote good health. With Daily Harvest, my freezer stays stocked with delicious and nourishing meals that are delivered right to my front porch. I've been enjoying Daily Harvest bowls, soups, snacks, and more, and they're really tasty. Their basil flatbread has become a favorite in my house. My husband and my picky daughter love it. Daily Harvest solves the mealtime crunch for me, but I also love that they support farmers who invest in practices that increase biodiversity and their packaging is recyclable. If you are constantly on the go, Daily Harvest will be a game changer for you. It'll save you time, money, and your body will thank you for all of the nourishment. Avoid the takeout temptation and get Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com murderish to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash murderish for up to $40 off your first box. dailyharvest.com slash murderish. On February 20th, 2018, Wendy DeRodio's loved ones received disheartening news. Lead prosecutor, senior deputy DA, Ramin Minu had agreed to reduce the charge against Gina Drake from first-degree murder to involuntary manslaughter in return for a guilty plea, suggesting the crime was committed in the heat of passion. The deal meant, rather than facing life behind bars, Gina could be out in less than 11 years. Minou said in a statement, due to information learned from recent developments and supplemental investigation, our office re-examined the strength of its case and decided to accept the defendant's offer to plead guilty to voluntary manslaughter. Family and friends of Wendy DeRodio were outraged. Betty Bizak, one of Wendy's connections through Tree's living room, told the Santa Barbara News Press that she and others had dealt with almost nine years of crap to come to this lack of impact. She told the Ventura County Star, I'm very disappointed because you don't walk into somebody's bedroom with a knife in your possession and get away with manslaughter. On the day of her guilty plea, Gina Drake showed no signs of remorse. In fact, when it came time for Judge Romero to ask Gina for her guilty plea, she remained silent. When asked again, Gina's response was flippant. Okay, yes, she said reluctantly. When Prosecutor Manu asked Gina if she understood she would have to make restitution to the victim, she replied, Can you explain this? Changing her response only after being chided by her attorney. Near the end of the proceeding, Gina was asked by Judge Romero if her change of plea was the result of coercion. Staring blankly toward the front of the courtroom without saying a word for 10 long seconds, Gina eventually shook her head, no. Judge Romero said he needed a verbal response, to which Gina replied smugly, yes, her voice trailing off. Nearly nine years to the day of Wendy DeRodeo's murder, 50 people crowded inside a small courtroom in Ventura on March 29, 2018, to learn Gina Drake's fate. That day, and for several appearances before, Gina had arrived at the courthouse with 10 to 15 supporters from a local church she'd joined after her release from jail. Relatives found it odd, seeing as though the Silver family was Jewish. This show of support for Wendy's killer only poured salt in the wounds of family members whose commitment to their lost loved one had previously been called into question based upon their lack of presence in the courtroom. Wendy's sister Edie told the Santa Barbara News Press, Wendy had her supporters in life, and she has them in death. 
She was a free spirit who lived and traveled all over the world and made an indelible mark on people near and far. She didn't amass a local circle of best friends. That wasn't her style. Before the hearing began, Gina and her supporters locked hands in a circle outside the courtroom for a short prayer. Upon seeing the prayer circle, Gina's sister Suzanne Prescott shouted, Oh, now you find religion. According to reports by Megan Diskin of the Ventura County Star, as Gina entered the courtroom, she waved to her mother Rocky and her grandmother Florence before sitting next to her attorneys, Mark Pakowicz and Kathleen Crouch. On the other side of the courtroom, those supporting Wendy DeRodeo scoffed and gasped. Once the hearing began, several members of Wendy's family had the opportunity to speak publicly about the case for the first time in nine years, and they did not hold back. Though some of Wendy's family members supported Gina, her own daughter did not. Gina's daughter, Hannah, delivered devastating testimony, telling the judge that Drake was a sore excuse for a mother who murdered my Aunt Wendy and deserved the maximum sentence of 11 years. Hannah, now 21, recounted the day of her aunt's funeral when Gina had agreed to read her daughter's poem because she was too emotional to do so herself. With her mother looking on from the defense table just a few feet away, Hannah told the court, according to Santa Barbara News Press, my mother, the defendant, would go up in front of the entire family at my Aunt Wendy's funeral and read the poem I had written grieving for her. Her performance was complete with shuddered sobs and real tears as she read the line about how my Aunt Wendy was so kind she couldn't hurt a fly. In between sentences, Hannah stared at her mother in anger, finishing her statement by telling the judge, my mother robbed me of the beautiful friendship I had with my Aunt Wendy. She robbed me of the possibility of a loving, caring mother and she absolutely and indefinitely tore our entire family apart. Words, said Hannah, do not exist to accurately describe what my mother's actions have and continue to put me and my loved ones through. In a surprise moment, Hannah told the court that she'd awoken on June 18, 2009, just 11 days after the funeral, to find her mother meeting with defense attorney Mark Pakowicz. Gina Drake would not be arrested for another three years. Hannah told the court, I wholeheartedly believe my mother will never fully grasp the damage she has dealt. According to the Ventura County Star, Gina's cousin Chris was chosen to read a letter aloud from Wendy's mother, Florence Silver, who was now 94. Florence wrote, Gina had done so much to make life better for me. So why, why kill Wendy? The letter went on to state, life has a sadness that will never grow less, to which Rocky, Gina Drake's mother, yelled out, she did not write that. When it came time for her to address the courtroom, Gina offered no apology for brutally stabbing her aunt to death. In fact, she said nothing at all. When Judge Gilbert Romero delivered his sentence, it offered Wendy DeRodeo's family little solace. Romero sentenced Gina Drake to 11 years on the charge of involuntary manslaughter, with the possibility of parole after eight. According to the Ventura County Star, once the sentencing order was given, Gina was handcuffed and taken into the custody of the Ventura County Sheriff's Office to be sent to prison. Gina's supporters once again told her they loved her as she walked away. Few words were exchanged as the courtroom slowly emptied. Outside, Wendy DeRodeo's friends and family remarked on what they said was a lack of justice. Friend and fellow swing dancer John Dixo said to Scott Steepleton of the Santa Barbara News Press, There is closure, but our friend Wendy is still gone forever, and a mother will never see her daughter again. Others continue to spread the message about their beloved friend. Tree's Living Room member Ann Usella told the Ventura County Star, I want people to know about Wendy's smile, her gentle soul, that she was the kindest person I ever met, that she was there to talk any time of the day. Wendy Jo DeRodeo was laid to rest in Conejo Mountain Memorial Park in Camarillo. Her gravestone reads, 
Beloved daughter, sister, friend, she dances in our hearts forever. As of 2022, Gina Drake remained in the custody of the California Department of Corrections. Inmate WF9977, she is serving her time in the California Rehabilitation Center in Corona, a minimum security facility about 90 minutes from her former home. Gina's mother, Rocky, along with her grandmother, Florence, continue to visit her on a regular basis when Florence's health allows. It's unknown what progress, if any, the family has made toward repairing the wounds left by Wendy's murder and Gina's arrest. Wendy's name continues to come up in dance halls across Santa Barbara, where her friends love to talk about her spirit, her smile, and the way she glided across the floor. Her nieces and nephews still talk about her and laugh. But for Gina's sister, Suzanne, the sting will never go away. She wonders where the family went so wrong, why no one recognized Gina's envy had the potential to explode into murder. She told the Ventura Breeze her family's tragedy should be a lesson for all parents. Suzanne said after Gina's sentencing, please discipline your child, let them fail, let them suffer, let them make mistakes, and then please, I implore you, let them suffer the consequences. Gina Drake will be eligible for parole in 2023. Check out my new podcast, Dirty Money Moves, Women in White Collar Crime. You can subscribe to Dirty Money Moves wherever you're listening right now. I appreciate you for joining me on this episode of Murderish. If you've binged every episode and don't want to wait for the next one to drop, consider becoming a Patreon supporter. As soon as you sign up, you get immediate access to a bunch of ad-free murderish episodes that cover cases not available on the free version of the podcast. To become a Patreon supporter, visit Murderish.com and click the link to go behind the scenes, or just go to Patreon.com and search for Murderish there. I want to say a huge thank you to Rachel H., Laura C., and Shelby F. for becoming Murderish Patreon supporters. Thank you all so much. I appreciate your support. If you enjoy Murderish, there are so many ways you can support the show. Tell your friends about the podcast or leave the show a positive rating and review in any podcast app. This helps other people find the show easier. You can also wear Murderish merch while you're out and about. And trust me, it's a great conversation starter. Check out Murderish.com for a link to buy t-shirts, bags, coffee mugs, and more. Also, follow Murderish on Instagram and TikTok at Murderish Podcast. You can also find the podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Murderish sound design and audio editing is by Justin Hellstrom. Some of the music was composed by Nico of We Talk of Dreams. This episode was researched and written by Kay Brandt. Stick around after the closing music and ads for a list of sources used for this episode. As always, Ishers, thank you for joining me on another episode of Murderish. And remember, listening to this podcast doesn't make you a murderer. It just means you're murder-ish. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Sources for this episode include vcstar.com, Santa Barbara News Press Archives 2012-2018, transcripts from Dateline NBC episode from 2013, Unsolved Case Squad, The Gold Coast Killings, nbcnews.com, latimes.com, vcreporter.com, venturabreeze.com.